Say it again. Good morning. It is good to be here. Uh, if I have met you, if I've not, I'm Brian Gordon. I'm an associate pastor at Startable First uh, United Methodist up the, up the street and pastor here at Connection. And I'm uh, glad to have you all here today. And I'm um, thank, thankful for the, the prayers that have been, have been lifted up. Um, and, you know, one of the foundations of what we, what we are as a church is we, we have our, our foundational uh, beliefs and and you may not I don't know if you know it if you if you do um, you can say it with me if you don't you can just listen but uh, you know we state our beliefs in what we call the Apostles Creed and it's an old uh, part of the church our church worship uh, and just as we begin today I'm gonna I'm gonna say it and like I said if you want to join with me you're welcome to and if you just want to hear just just do but I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen and amen. Uh, this, this morning we're going to, uh, to look at um, a passage that's going to come to us from 1 Corinthians uh, the Apostle Paul uh, was writing to the church in, in Corinth, and they had some things going on. They, they were having trouble, you know, integrating into their, into their community and, and receiving other people and, and how they related with them. But this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to, to 13. So let's hear together God's Word. It says, Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something but does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offering to idols, offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven and on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, one Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. It's not everyone that has this knowledge, since some have become so accustomed to idols until now that they think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol and their conscience, be, conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, they might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols. So by 
your knowledge the weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed. But when you thus sin against brothers and sisters and wound their conscience, when it's weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never again eat meat so that I may not cause one of them to fall. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Um, One of the things that uh, I would um, ask us this morning is how do we we seek after God? How do we seek to to come into, into the presence of God? And, you know, you know, we have, if you're like me, you've had those moments in your life when you've just felt, you know, an extreme closeness to God. And you've probably had those moments when, despite your best efforts, you felt far from God. And you wonder, God, where, where are you? Uh, in this letter to the Corinthians, Paul is talking to, to people who were asking a lot of questions and maybe not doing things in quite the right way. Um, and one of the primary topics of this first scripture is, is food. Now, we, we in the church, we, we like food. You know, we certainly are good at that. We do dinners. We do all sorts of things. And so I'm, I'm just going to ask just, and this is just casual, what are your favorite foods? Mac and cheese. All right. Got, got a second on that. Mashed potatoes and gravy. Mashed potatoes and gravy. All right. Chicken, all right. Green beans, all right. And pizza, all right. We've got all sorts of kind of favorites, you know, and you really, you can't have a church meal without chicken. You got, I mean, that's, you know, the church, the church bird, so we, uh, we're happy about that. But there's all, you know, we have all these staples that we have, and there's, uh, you know, some people like, candy and sweets too and there's now I don't know what I kind of think about it but there's some kind of um, confection called divinity and it's a it's a weird candy to me Uh, and it's uh, I have to kind of read this because I don't even know exactly what it is but it's a very gooey kind of thing that you that you eat and you know some people maybe in the beginning it got its name because somebody mixed it up this kind of nougat whatever mixture, and they, they said, well, this just tastes divine, and it just must have, must have stuck for, for however long. But we know there's all sorts of things you could put, uh, put into the mix with that. But as we think about, again, food, and this, this was kind of the centerpiece of this scripture today, food is a huge factor in our, in our relationships. You know, we gather around tables um, and Proverbs says that food is like honey that is sweet to the soul and health to the body. You know, when we're, when we're hurting and we, and we go to a place with people we love, food has the power to calm our spirits. It's just kind of like if we go and we sit by a riverside. I don't know if any of you like to do that, to sit by a lake or a river and just, and just maybe you watch a, a leaf that just kind of floats floats along, but it has that power to help calm us. You know, when we are trying to get to know somebody, you know, food is a way that we, that we do that. You know, one of, the, uh, one of those old sayings is, the best way to a man's heart is through his stomach. 
And you know, that's kind of an old saying, but it's, it's true. And, and I, I, some would say the best way to a woman's heart is very similar, but it also, also might involve chocolate in many cases. So are you having relationship trouble? Are you, um, are you needing to find a way to reconnect? And oftentimes, you know, a meal or some sort of food that we gather together, when we gather together is a way of, of easing into that, into that time. So what about your relationship with, with God? Is food involved? If you look at religions around the world, uh, in Japan, the Shinto religion, they offer rice and sake and fish and vegetables and fruit uh, as part of their, their worship. Buddhists, when they're having a, a new building built, they might offer incense or, or apples, oranges, and other kinds of fruit in, in that service. In the Bible, food is primary. It's a big topic. And uh, if you've read... In the Old Testament, they would have uh, prize heifers, oxen, lamb, turtle doves uh, as a sacrifice, but they also are part of a meal for, later on, a practical purpose. They were a meal for, for the priests. So what all might we offer to God, but from the best of who we are? Um, Jesus himself was, you know, when we come on... Uh, a first Sunday, often in many churches, we come for communion. And what do we, you know, we see Jesus, I think the, the Latin word for this was uh, Agnes Dea. And in this sacrament, you know, we say we come and we symbolically receive the body and, and the blood of Christ that's been sacrificed for us. You know, we, even in those early days when Christians were were still kind of the outsiders in the Roman Empire. They thought Christians were cannibals because they would talk about this body and, and this blood that was being received. So there's evidence over centuries that you know food was a primary part of our, our worship, that gods would be appeased by that, by that worship. And so that's one way you know, we might have tried to draw closer to God is through gathering around the table in, in a variety of different ways. Uh, the founder of the Methodist Church, another way he thought that we might draw close to God is by our cleanliness. And I heard, uh, um, heard this phrase this week you know, that we've used, cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, if we're clean enough, is it going to make us, are we going to be closer to to God. In the scripture today, again, in 1 Corinthians 8, this food, they were having this problem where, and it was a very multicultural society where they were in Corinth, and there was food that was being offered in the, in the temple to other gods, and, and people were wanting to consume that food. And the question was being raised, if this has been offered to this other god, if I eat it, am I in trouble? Am I, am I going to be doing something wrong if I, if I do that? Um, and we'll kind of get into that in, in a moment. But if we want to draw ourselves closer to God, you know, what are the things, what are the ingredients that we need to begin to do that? Verse 8 very clearly says, food is not how it happens. 
It might can be a means to an end, but food will not bring us close to God. So if that's not the way to God, how do we get closer to God? Uh, it's, not, uh, it's even not how smart we are. The Apostle Paul who wrote this was an incredibly intelligent man. He was a Pharisee. He knew the Jewish law inside and out. He was advanced beyond, it said, many people his own age. He was taught by the best teachers. And, uh, I mean, he, the, his teachers in the law were people who would be the equivalent of our, of our Supreme Court. And he, I mean, all the places he, were, he, um, he learned were not even... Um, written down. But any more that we look at, any more that we look at Paul, we, he could have claimed that as his knowledge. He could have claimed that as his, how he was going to solidify who he was. But he says that just knowing things is not enough. Because if, if you know, if we, we may know a lot about God, we may know a lot about Jesus, but just knowing who he is is not enough. We've got, to, we've got to have our heart in it. And he says, anyone who claims just to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge. So what Paul was getting at is, you know, sometimes we think we've got it all together. Some things we, times we think we've got it all figured out. And our opinions kind of get like concrete. And they're firm and they're, and they're set because we think, well, I've, I know all that I, that I need to know. We have, but oftentimes what we think we know is really no more than just our opinions. Uh, there are some crazy kind of opinions that people have, and uh, one of them, uh, looking back, was that Paul McCartney died, if you know the Beatles singer Paul McCartney, that he died in a car accident in 1966. And he was replaced by a lookalike, an opinion. Uh, another opinion, Hitler did not die in a bunker. Uh, or you'll get cramps uh, if you swim right after you eat. Or that LeBron James is the NBA's greatest of all time. Now, I have, we have this argument in my house all the time. <laughs> about who it is or who is not. We'll, but it's all opinion. But we believe what we, what we believe. And we sometimes forget that just because we have an, an opinion that it's not a, necessarily a fact, is it? You know, just because we think something to be the truth, you know, oftentimes we have trouble. You know, researchers look at that and, and they have, we have trouble distinguishing between fact and opinion. And I know I'm going to say something crazy. Maybe it's even okay if there's a subject out there that we don't have an opinion on. Have you ever scrolled on social media somewhere or looked, looked at things and, and thought maybe you're at, you just totally disagree with what's being said and you know you have if you're like me, sometimes you have this urge, I've got to say something, I've got to set them straight. You know, they're, they, they're totally wrong. But there's this crazy thing that we can do. We can just keep, keep moving. We don't have to have, uh, necessarily have an opinion. And then even if somebody asks us what our opinion is on something, 
if we haven't researched it, if we don't know anything about it, it's also okay to say, I don't know. He said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in, intelligent on that particular, that particular matter. Because it's, you know, again, it's the, one of those other old sayings goes, it's better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to what? To open your mouth and remove all doubt. Now, certainly these Corinthian Christians, they had their thoughts about the food that was related to being offered to idols. And Paul, he wasn't too crazy about their their opinions. Um, you know, again, we have all these things that come to our attention all through the days, and we, we think, again, we've, I've, got to, I've got to know everything about, about everything. You know, and, and Alice in Wonderland, the, the queen, she said, I have the, sometimes believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. You know, we think that we are entitled to, again, an opinion on everything, but we need to, if we're going to offer that, be able to have a good opinion and a good argument on it. So is our intelligence bringing us closer to God? It's not, again, not our food, not our opinions. And even the smartest among us oftentimes don't, don't give their best. You, sometimes the smartest people in the world do some of the stupidest things. If you look back in the recent history, Bernie Madoff, uh, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, Will Smith, um, actresses who try to get their kids into school in, in not-so-legal ways, you know, Lance Armstrong, the list goes on and on and on and on. People who seem to have it all together, but they just, they do stupid things. And why do they do that? You'd think they'd be above it at that point. So where does that begin but with, with pride or an arrogance that, you know, as Paul put it in this scripture, that knowledge puffs up. It's kind of like our, you know, like we inflate a basketball. Sometimes we have that, our heads get a little bit inflated and we think that we're smarter than, than everybody else. But we know smart people and, and dumb people do dumb things. We think we won't get caught, that nobody's going to notice and all through the Bible, there's instances and examples of this. We see Jacob and Moses and David and Jonah, all of them made bad choices. So food won't bring us closer to God. Being educated will not bring us closer to God. Being proud will not bring us closer to God. It says in 1 Peter, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to those who are humble. So what about if, what about my success? What about my, you know, if I've done well in life, surely God's impressed with that, and that'll help me draw closer. But the truth is, God doesn't care about the size of our bank accounts. God is simply not 
impressed. What does Jesus say in Matthew 19? It's that it is hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, again, I tell you, it's it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, if you've done a little bit of, certainly you think about the eye of a needle and a camel. It's not the little eye of a needle, but there's, uh, go look that up somewhere. There's a, a particular gate that's very difficult for, very small to go through. But if we think about what we have, most of us have enough. Maybe we live a little bit on the edge of enough. But the more and more we have, it often equates with us being less likely to nurture a deep relationship with God. At least that's what Jesus thought. And why, why would that be? Because we, the more we have, the more comforts we have, you know, we, the less we think we need God. We're content. You know, we, we feel okay with what we've got. And it's not that we want to move farther away from God, but we don't really particularly have any desire to go closer to God because, you know, we're... We kind of just say, well, I'm good. I'm good where I am right now. So our food doesn't bring us closer to God, nor our education or our wealth. And, well, surely, if I'm really religious, if I do all the right religious game uh, things, I will be, I'll be all right with God. And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you might be... Uh, remember, that is the, what we call the, the love chapter. And in that chapter, it says, as far as God is concerned, it doesn't matter if we speak with beautiful tongues of mortals and of angels or if we have prophetic powers or if we have faith so as to remove mountains or if we give away all that we possess for God. God's still not impressed. You know, we like to do something that people will recognize and make the big grand gesture. And, you know, we might be like the Pharisee that, he, that Jesus was often critical of, who wanted to be seen for the good things that they were doing. You know, there's, you know we, we might enjoy that. We like other people to think, well, well, he or she has just really got it together with God. But Jesus... There's a, a difference between our, where our spirit is and what being religious is about. And Jesus didn't think that just being religious was, was the thing to be. If you looked at how he dealt with people, you wouldn't have thought of him as being a religious person. He didn't like the way the, the Pharisees, you know, they dressed up and they put all the fancy clothes on, and they wanted to be seen by everybody for for being the best at what they did. You know, I'll step onto dangerous territory here, but God, if we think God is simply impressed with our our church attendance or our offerings, you know, those are good things, and I believe we need them. It's not those things in and of themselves that to bring us closer to God. You know, we can even teach Bible classes. We could even 
become a preacher. It doesn't, but that doesn't impress God. We can wear all the right t-shirts. We can have all the right stickers on our, our car. But it's not any of those things that bring us closer to God. So I've told you a lot of things that don't bring you closer to God. So what is it that does bring us there? It is doing love. Paul says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. I mean, think about that first image, that if you, if you keep pumping up that basketball or volleyball or whatever it is, what's going to eventually happen? going to explode. But the second image is of like a carpenter building something that is beautiful and pleasing. And the word, the Greek word is agape. It is a building love. It's a love that acts and, and looks out for another person. And that's why Paul in this particular scripture, he doesn't have any problem with eating the food that's been sacrificed to an idol and he won't He was worried he didn't want to do anything that might hurt another person. So he's basically saying this, I'm free to do anything, but I'm not going to do it if it's going to hurt my brother or if it's going to hurt my my sister. So here's that, that connection, that crossroads we come to. Where does our our freedom and where does our love for our neighbor come in into? connection. And it's one of the most powerful parts of our human experience. How do, we, how do we live out our faith and our freedom, and how do we love the people that God put in our path? So whatever God has, has placed on your heart today, you know, I, I can't leave this morning and our, at our first service this morning up, up the hill, we talked about it, and it's way too deep to get into in just a, a moment. But, you know, one of the ways we relate to our brothers and our sisters is how we, how we love them when we've been hurt. And, you know, all of us, if we've been around long enough, we've been injured, we've been, we've been hurt you know, we have the freedom, you know, God gives us that freedom that we can, we can say anything we want. But God also gives us that, that mind and that heart to know that that doesn't, that often doesn't solve anything. And this morning as we, as we think about how can we show love to our our neighbors, how can we live and seeking to draw closer to God when we seek to live that actionable love for our neighbor? Who is that person for you? And you know, maybe this morning it is about, maybe for you it is about forgiveness. Maybe there's somebody that you need to, to forgive today. Or maybe there's somebody you know that they don't have enough money for, for lunch or for, for dinner today. And you need to say, why don't you just need to give them a call and say, why don't you come and we'll, we'll have a good time together. But our, 
our call as God's people is to, is to extend his love and his grace. Because what has he given us? Grace upon grace. So how will you show actionable love to your neighbor this week? Let us pray. Most gracious God, thank you. Uh, Lord, for your, your love for us and, and Lord, how you have reached out to us through your son, Jesus. Lord, to give us new life. And Lord, we know that there's not anything that we can do on our own that bridges that um, that makes the connection with you. But it's only through the blood of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we pray this morning that we would, Lord, receive that gift of life that he wants to give to us. If we're hurt, if we, if we can't forgive ourselves, we need to know that, that if we come to him, he'll forgive us. And he'll give us something greater than we've ever, ever imagined. So, Lord, we ask this, this day, help us be a reflection of your love to the world, that they may see you in us. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.